This is DJ Evil Dave, and you are listening to the Dark Corner Podcast, only on darkcornerpodcast.com. I give up on trying to find my way, the paths are hard, shade of grey, lost like a needle of mud's fade, the darkness bursts suddenly as bright as day, we will turn the night into day, we will dance, Hello listeners, hello possible new listeners after our promo on the Dice Girls. Hi Dice Girls people. Uh, first off, if you are new, uh, warning that we do swear on occasion, especially on Brandy's side. <laughs> I have a potty mail. That is Brandy, I am Dave. And if it sounds weird to you, that's because we're in the car, headed down to the Van X Salt Lake Comics Convention 2019. Yes. Yeah. Well, spring 2019. Spring 2019, because they do two a year. Except for last year and the first year. Yeah. It's one of the largest conventions of its kind in the world, which is why... Uh, San Diego Comic-Con keeps trying to sue Fanex. Yeah, they think they can take it down, and they think that they can smash some of these other smaller cons in the process. And my question is, why? And that they haven't gone after New York. Yeah, well, that's because New York would trash them. Yeah. But the thing is, why? We're not hurting you. We haven't hurt your sales. Your con is so big that it can't even be contained within its... Biggest convention center in San Diego and is spread out across the city and the surrounding areas of the convention center. You get all the big guests, you get tons of exclusives. How is any other convention hurting you? Who hurt you before? (laughs) Why are you this way? The one thing hurting San Diego Comic Con the most is the pure size of it. That there are people having to camp out to get into Hall H. And it's just so massive that a lot of people are being drawn to the smaller cons, like WonderCon. Well, yeah, WonderCon is fantastic. Brooke and Phil, my sister Brooke, her husband Phil, they had a great time at WonderCon. And a lot of people show up there. I mean, a lot of big stars show up there, as well as the little people. So, yeah, why would you want to go to a place so vast where you have no hope of getting into big panels and... And instead, why wouldn't you want to go to a smaller con? So they're just, they're, they've become bullies. Yes, they have. And that's, I think, because a lot of industry are there. And that they even rebranded as San Diego Comic-Con International, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, a, it's all about the business and the bottom line, as opposed to providing a nice service to the patrons that attend the convention. Well, doesn't it always sell out? So how are they being hurt by anything that our con or any other con is doing? Exactly. Wow, they're building a bunch of new buildings over there. They're always building something somewhere. I know, but it's just, there hasn't been new construction over there for some time. Sorry guys, we're driving past Roy and Sunset. It means nothing to anyone outside of Utah. Yeah, other than Sunset gives me major hay fever. <laughs> and it's tiny. It's like, tiny. why yeah. do you exist? What is the point? You were like 12 city blocks. Come on. 
And when Sunset was being prepared, I this is a rumor, but they wanted to name it not Roy, but in reverse. <laughs> Your? Yeah, not Roy, like the whole word, like Yorton? Yorton. Is it not Roy? Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But, I thought you just meant not Roy as in not the word Roy. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, not Roy backwards. So Yorton. But that got shot down. Because <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, York. We're in York. You're where? Uh, what's the plans for today? Today I'm going to creep up on a 16-year-old boy for an autograph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, that's not how I feel about it, but some people may be like, why is a middle-aged woman coming to get Asher Angel's photo, uh, autograph? But yeah, that's a priority. Garrett Wong from Voyager, priority. Um... Alice Cooper, priority. Okay. So that's uh, the three main autographs yeah. that we're aiming for today. By the way, just an, uh, an unabashed and unsanctioned plug for The Well, which is a podcast by Anson Mount and his friend Brandon Edgens. Uh, he was recently at Philadelphia, a Philadelphia convention with Alice Cooper, and he was the con was uh, going on, and he was actually... I think he was in the green room and he was uh, at a coffee table and he heard Alice Cooper talking about Discovery. <laughs> Funny. Star Trek Discovery. And so anyway, long story short, uh, it's a great podcast about creativity and where you find it. And right. it's, I just love Anson Mountain, any incarnation really. So, and I, now I get to have him weekly no matter what. Oh, so, so that's why the well is diving into the creativity well, well. Yeah, exactly. Interesting, like the uh, Art of Process, yeah. the most recent Maximum Fun edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where uh, Amy Mann and one of her friends goes over the creative process with various people. Yeah, because not everybody has the same process. Everybody finds creativity differently. Everybody refills it differently. Oh, yeah. So it's great to get all of these different processes and aspects. Anyway, go listen to it. You can find it on iTunes or any other podcast catcher. Yeah, somebody was talking about how their creative process hits them when they're either doing laundry or the dishes or something like that. Yep. And so you end up wanting to be a professional dishwasher or something because that's when the ideas come to you. (laughs) That's great. I I wish I knew when my inspiration hits, but I never know. There seems to be no pattern to it that I can discern. But it's always, that's why I always have something on me on which I can write stuff down. The bath. Because I can't remember yeah. anything. Yeah, the bathtub is it for me because it's kind of like an isolation chamber. You're just bathed in warm water and all alone in this tiny room. And yeah, that's when ideas will usually formulate or I'll make connections that I previously had not. Yeah, that's right, guys. Baths are for men, too. Heck yeah. I'm not the only bath taker. Yeah. Now we're hitting a slowdown. Oh, Utah traffic. I loathe you. Yeah, Friday late morning traffic. It usually isn't this bad by this time. Uh, any panels today? Um, There are panels, but I'm not sure that we are going to have time right. for any of them. Because we have to leave early so I can go do Live from the Edge. Right. Which is... Uh, 
live reaction show to the most recent episode of Star Trek Discovery. Last night was the season finale. We are not talking about it right now. No, we're not. That's we're for not. later. That was for later. <laughs> that was only half fake crying. Um, the rest of that crying was real. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So we have to leave early for that. And rather than fight rush hour traffic all the way back home and having to leave earlier than we normally would Anyway, we still have to leave earlier than we normally would. We're instead going to leave and we're going to go to my office, which is about five miles from the convention center, uh-huh. and do the podcast from there. So, yep. But it's it's better than me being stressed out trying to get home in rush hour traffic. Heck yeah. Because I'm the driver of this duo. Heck yeah. I think that's really it. There's not much else to say. I don't have any particular plans for this convention. Because I uh, spent a lot of money on myself recently, so it's like I haven't really uh, budgeted anything for today or tomorrow. Uh, so we'll likely record again after leaving Brandy's office. Yep. So until then, bye. Bye. We are the Org. Our mission is to assimilate Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and beer. Lots of beer. Join Peter and Amory as they cover season seven episodes of Next Generation and season two episodes of Deep Space Nine over on the broadcast at geekplanetonline.com and iTunes. This is it. We're leaving during the first day of Fanex 2019. Spring. Spring. And uh, it was a very productive day. Yes, it was indeed. We ended up parking in a different place than we were planning because it was closer and we wouldn't have to rely on uh, the light rail transit to get us to the Salt Palace. Nope, so no taking the train or trolley or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the uh, light rail, the uh, yeah. tracks. Tracks. Yeah, uh, whatever the hell it is. The the L, it's not elevated. Um, I don't know what it is. When it's just on the road, what is it, guys? It's, it's not below, so it's not a subway. It's, it's light not, rail, I think. Okay, because it's not elevated. So yeah. anyway, sorry. So you were correct the first time. Light rail. So yeah, we light. parked within walking distance of the convention center and managed to get a lot done during the first two hours. <laughs> yes, we did. We made it to uh, the droid panel in time. That was great. Got to talk to my sister for a bit. Found out she has not seen all of season two of Discovery and therefore cannot come to our panel tomorrow because spoilers. Yep, definitely be spoiled on it for sure. Yeah, so many spoilers. And the droid panel was different than the times they've done it before. They just opened it up to questions. Yeah, they introduced themselves and talked a little bit about things and then just let people ask questions. And that took up the rest of the time. And that was great. Yeah. I got to ask a question about whether there'd been any success creating droids using drones so they can fly, and yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. There were a lot of good questions. Yeah, especially a droid based on a video game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was in Battlefield, Star Wars Battlefield, whatever that is. Anyway, yeah. So, so, yeah, you got to talk to your sister for a bit. That got was... to look at some droids for a bit. Yeah. And got to see a cute doggy posing with the droids for a bit. Yeah, a service dog with beautiful eyes. Service dog in training, which you would think that a con is a terrible place to do that, but no, it's the perfect place to do that. 
because they're around a crap load of people, a crap load of noises, and a crap load of weird things. Yes. So they can be trained to keep calm amidst all that stress. Yes. Exactly. So then we went and met Garrett Wong. Yeah, we went to Celebrity Row where all the autographs are and uh, met uh, Ensign Kim. Yep. Who, I'll be honest right now, guys, my favorite. <laughs> Your favorite? My favorite. I just always had a soft spot for some Harry Kim. Yes. Uh, it was a light day. I don't know because a lot of people are at school or at work or something. They didn't take time off. But the convention floor and Celebrity Row were pretty light. And we were able to get autographs like just one to another to another without really waiting in line very long and got to speak with celebrities for a little while. So you got to talk to Garrett for a good long while. I, it was, it was just so joyous to me. He is so fun and such a really cool person and a really nice person. Yeah. He told the story of this time he was what in Disneyland. Yeah. It was right after the Indiana Jones adventure ride opened and he was there with his then girlfriend and, uh, they were in line and there's this girl like little girl like eight nine years old in line in front of him and she kept looking back and staring at him looking back and staring at him looking back and staring at him and she just she finally just says yeah you look like that guy from voyager and he's like well i am that guy and she's like nah i know what he looks like you're definitely not him you can maybe play his brother but you can play him yeah and then he starts to argue with this child. Like, I've got my ID in my pocket. No, you don't have to take it out. I know. I know. It's not going to say. <laughs> and finally, his girlfriend's like, stop it. People are staring. They're arguing with the child. Stop it. Yep. So, it was so funny. He tells a great story. He is charming. And, and, so go, go right ahead. I think like, you were going to say the same thing I was going to say. Yeah, he told me I had to come to his panel. And I knew that his panel was at the same time as Zachary Levi's panel. And I didn't want to say that. And so he's like, well, what have you got going that might, might conflict? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'll have to look at the schedule again. I'm not sure. And so he writes on the sticky that was attached to the picture he autographed. Brandy, you have to come to my panel or I will never speak. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I... And, and after that, I just thought, oh, oh, God, I have to go. I have to go. And it's, it's okay, guys. Because, honestly, I've been to a Zachary Levi panel. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to go to every Zachary Levi panel. Because I do. But when am I going to get the chance to see Garrett Wong's panel again? Yeah, exactly. Because they don't get a lot of uh, Voyager folks. He's the first. Yeah. He is the first Voyager actor that and, we've had. And you were talking about that too, that what, is it's 20th anniversary? 25th anniversary 25th next year. anniversary, so maybe they should get everybody to come to FanX. That would be amazing. They should do like they did with Next Generation and do the whole experience. Oh, heck yeah, where you can get a photo op with just about every one of them. Yeah. Not that I could afford that, but I would yeah. still, you know, I still feel like, oh great, an accident on the freeway. Oh, we never see that happen. <laughs> yeah, it'd slow down quite a bit. Yeah, because people are stupid and follow too closely, and then a lot of people just get in crashes. Yeah. Stop being distracted and stop speeding and stop tailgating. 
well, just moments ago, we saw somebody pull in front of somebody at the last minute, mm-hmm. merging onto the on ramp, well, onto the freeway from the on ramp. Yeah. So, yeah, that was great, speaking with him for a good long while and not really holding up the line at all. No, and he was he was so kind because we did a selfie, too, and he says, no, no, let her look at him so that she can make sure that it's something she likes, and I was like, oh, and then he hugged me, too. Celebrity hug. Oh, I love hugs. Yeah, and that was just the start of our autograph hunt. Yes. So, because there were three for sure that I knew I wanted, and so we uh, we had the main part of Celebrity Row, the bigger part that was in the U shape. Um, that's where Garrett Wong was, and so I figured the other people that I wanted to meet were around the corner. So we went around the corner, and there was Asher Angel. He's the one he, we waited longest for, and it wasn't even ten minutes. Nope. And that kid, oh my God, guys, that kid He's is great. He's fantastic. He's like a mini Zachary Levi. He really is. He's so energetic and was greeting everybody and shaking their hands and smiling at them. And he's extremely talented. He sings, he plays the guitar, he writes music. Wow. Um, But, and I didn't know who he was before Shazam, and because I'm too old to be watching Andy Mac. Yeah. But, um... I did, and I did say to him, I, I said, you know, I didn't know who you were before this movie because I'm old enough to be your mom and I, I wouldn't be watching it. <laughs> and he, he chuckled at that and that uh-huh. made me happy. And I was just, I was doing the selfie combos because it was just... It, it was usually 10 or 20 more Yep. to get a selfie and, along with an autograph. So yeah. really, you're getting the photo op anyway, plus you're you have time to actually speak with the person. Yes, and I don't have to wait in line for a photo op. Yeah, and you can control the the photo a bit better than mm-hmm. having a the professional at the photo op place take the picture. Yep. And then right next to him was, and I may be pronouncing his last name wrong, I still don't know how to pronounce it, Tyler Hecklin, Hocklin, I'm not really sure. I think it's Hecklin. Um, and, oh my God, he's so great too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really a sucker for dimples. Um, yeah, Teen Wolf, Supergirl. He plays Superman on Supergirl. Yeah, I just... He was so cool. Obviously. I i have good taste in celebrities, guys. I'm yeah. not going to lie and act like I don't. I do. I can feel when a person is a good person. And he is a good person. And I just enjoyed talking with him. And he, we, I got the selfie with him, too. And he's like, you want me to take it? And I'm like, yeah. So he's touched my phone. He took the picture. It was just, loved it. Yep. Loved it. Yeah, you leaned in close to one another and snap. He took a, 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 a horizon style or landscape style mm-hmm. uh, photo selfie. Yep. Exactly. It was... Uh, it was really great. Um, yeah, and then we met Alice Cooper. That was crazy. I shook Alice Cooper's hand. Yeah, he's uh, he's exactly just, he's a fabulous human being. And uh, just so cool. He even talked about the we're not worthy thing. Yep. He says that, uh, that Mike Myers stuck him with that. And Mike Myers was like, uh, it could be far worse things that could have stuck you with yeah. than we're we're not worthy but the thing is here's the funny part that scene in wayne's world when he's talking about where the name milwaukee came from uh, milwaukee. milwaukee 
that's the kind of stuff he does. Yeah, he's he very is, smart. He is very intelligent. He is always curious. He is always learning. Yeah, there was a quote from his panel that was just posted on to Twitter from the Fanex uh, Twitter account. He was talking about, you know, don't try to become me. Do your own thing. Make your own music. And focus on that first. Make good music, and then you can put the icing on the cake. Yes, and that's that's actually what he said on The Well as well, is that the music always was the first thing. They got the, the music, they wrote the songs, they, you know, got an album ready, and then they built the show around it. Right. But without him, there wouldn't be any of the the bands that we see now. There wouldn't be Iron Maiden, there wouldn't be Marilyn Manson, there wouldn't be you know, Rammstein, all of these theatrical shows. Well, him and Bowie, yeah. I think in in tandem, the two of those. Because yeah. Bowie was theatrical too, without ripping off uh, Alice Cooper, but he did it differently. He did it very differently. Whereas, um, basically, the term shock rock came about because of Alice Cooper. Yeah, exactly. So, having theatrics in your uh, rock and roll or metal show mm -hmm. where you have mannequins and nooses and all kinds of stage uh, events yeah so uh, that was just really cool and and then I met Tony Todd y'all <laughs> yeah he was uh, out more towards the middle of the convention floor rather than in Celebrity Row because he had a comic book that was getting uh, pushed as well. Yeah. And so we met with him for a long while, heard about that his cat had passed and was very sad. Yeah. And and uh, he liked that I was an emotional person. <laughs> yeah, he said not to lose that. That's better to just be free with your emotions and let them flow rather than have people try to draw them from you. Oh, nobody has to draw emotions for me. Oh. I'll just throw them up all over you. A bit of a style icon, that Tony Todd. He was looking good. He was snazzy. Had a hat with a feather in it. Yeah. Nice little vest, kind of suit jacket thing going on. Yeah, it was It was hard for me to choose a picture. I ended up going with Kern because yep. Star Trek. Because Star Trek. Because Star Trek. Yeah, but they had him as Candyman mm -hmm. and uh, some animation photos of things he's voiced for. Yeah, he was Zoom in the Flash. Yep. One of the best voices ever. Mm -hmm. Spoke with him for a long while. Yeah. And it was it was funny because he had his cat for 18 years and and uh, it was really hard when that cat died and I'm like, I have been through the same thing with my cat that I had for 18 years. Oh, it's just, he was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wonderful. Very Wonderful. pleasant. And so tall. Oh my God, he's so tall. Yes. I mean, he was sitting down for most of the time while we were talking, and then he stands up to do the selfie, and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I know he was tall, but yeah. it was just like, oh, I like this. I like feeling small. And it seems like he likes being a working actor. He does. So. He wants he wants stuff to do. Yeah. And that's, that's why he wasn't on... Uh, Chuck. Chuck for more than two seasons because they just didn't give enough didn't give him enough to do. Nope. So that was the autographs all together, I think. Yep. And then we 
kind of looked around at vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, we ate. And we did the little uh, convention hack of uh, getting one order of nachos for the both of us because it's enough food for both of us. Oh, yeah. And that was Nami. A little messy, but Nami. I didn't spill too much. <laughs> I didn't spill too much either. Um, but I was holding it, and so I kept pulling it over towards me. You should have just pulled it back and said, stop it. Yeah. It was good good stuff, though. Got some drinks and finished those off. Sat by some escalators and did some people watching, so we got to see some cosplay. There's a gender swap uh, Jessica Jones, you noticed. Yeah, and it was just totally her outfit and a long black wig. But it was definitely a guy with stubble. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, where'd it go? Yeah. Where'd it go, man? Uh, saw a taco from the Adventure Zone. Yes, I loved that. That made me very happy. Yep. I have seen lots of Captain Marvels in many forms. Yeah, the Captain Marvel Incognito Nine Inch Nails and Shield Cap mm-hmm. uh, spotted her really early on, and then she... We saw her later when we were sitting at the end of the Warwick Davis uh, panel. Oh, that was a great panel. Yeah. uh, Very charming. Very funny. Very quick. That wit on that guy. Oh, he is witty. He is just fantastic. Yeah. Very quick-witted indeed. He was riffing on the rules of the questions, and it was fun. In a very pleasant way. It wasn't wasn't like he was mean at all. Oh, no, no. He is absolutely charming. Yeah, very charming. He'd answer questions and uh, kind of turn them into what he kind of wanted to talk about and still answer the question somehow. Yeah, and there was one he was just like, I have no idea what question you t- you asked me, but I hope I answered <laughs> Yep, because it got him on the, on the path of talking about, I guess, doing stunts in Willow where he had to learn scuba diving because there was a scene where he had to be underwater. Yes. And, you know, they're filming underwater, so instead of going to the surface to catch air and go back to under, you just take a puff. And that scene got cut, so there's a moment where he's dry in the boat, and then when he's on land, he's wet, and there's no explanation why. Yeah. And got to talk about when he was on Labyrinth, and there's these little mouse-like creatures that scurry across the floor. He was there winding them up and letting them go. <laughs> He said that was one of the funnest things he had to do on set in Labyrinth, you know. That and running, uh, doing a scene backwards when the rocks follow him inside a house. Mm -hmm. Because they couldn't actually do that. They couldn't get the rocks to roll into the house, so they rolled them out and then reversed the film. So what he's doing is he's running backwards. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, during that scene. So, yeah, crazy. Very charming guy. And that was just, what, 15, 20 minutes of the last of his panel that we caught up, caught on? Yeah, and the reason that we went there was because I was looking for my co-hosts for the panel, which are Zachary Fruling and Haley Stoddard, uh, who are here, yes. obviously. Yes. And, uh, yeah, finally got to meet them in person. That was nice. It was so nice. Um Still didn't get a shirt from him, huh? Uh, well, they, they have some Trek FM shirts for me and forgot to give them to me. And that's no big deal because I forgot too. So, because we were talking about stuff and they were getting ready to go to a John Cleese photo op. And so, you know, it was just one of those things. So, it's not like we're not going to see each other tomorrow. We're doing a panel together. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
So, yeah. But that was, it was just, I, they're the first Trek FM people I've been able to meet face-to-face, and it's just so cool. Yep. And we checked you in as a special guest, and you have your special guest badge that Which you're wearing now. So crazy! And a few vendors and stuff have like asked me about it, and then I have to explain what I'm doing. Which is not a problem. It's uh-huh. exciting for me to get to talk about it. Well, it's fun. You know, it gets people interested. And so, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm doing the Star Trek Discovery panel. Yeah. But yeah, we hit up some vendors too. Uh, great new art around because mm-hmm. often when we'd go to Artist Alley it was all the same stuff that we've already looked through before. Yeah, not this time. But after you know stuff like the Umbrella Academy and Captain Marvel and Shazam and all these other series is it's like we're seeing a lot more new art. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I haven't seen anything Doom Patrol other than that cosplay you noticed. I did see a Larry from Doom Patrol, which made me happy. Nice. And uh, he was really well done. It's like, I don't know how he could see. Yeah, doing the bandages. Yeah. And it, he, I mean, even his fingers were bandaged. Everything. He had it down. Really impressive. I was, I was impressed by him. Right. So, um, I haven't seen any Umbrella Academy people that I'm aware of. No. Which is, you know, that's okay. It's not an easy cosplay to do in some circumstances. There's a lot of anime I don't follow. Yes. And so I'll see somebody going by with like a purple wig and it's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So, um. The vendors. Vendors, yes. We were talking about vendors. I got some new rings. Right. I've got one that says Shazam. And then I had to get a replacement for the wedding band that I have lost in our house. Mm-hmm. I will find it someday, but that day is far, far away because it, I know where it should be, but it's not there. And so I think that there is a small wormhole in the bedroom. Right. So, but, uh, but the new one is even cooler and kind of sinister. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It doesn't have a black band. It does. It has what the silver in the middle. Yes. I like it. Yeah, and the Shazam turned out really well, too. Yes. So... And you'll color it in red to make it really pop. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. And I'll be wearing uh, it. They have the button place you like with the really yes. cutesy kind of chibi-style uh, superheroes and whatnot. And they had new ones of those, such as uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I didn't have any Spider-Gwen, so I got some Spider-Gwen. They had a Constantine, did they? Yes, they did. Or Constantine, as the Brits like to say. Yeah, well, he says it Constantine, so I say it Constantine. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, I enjoy the Buttons place very much. I need to put some of them on the backpack. Right. Because that will be fun. And uh, then there was that art place. Now, I this art place, and I can't even recall the name, um, but I have gotten prints from them before. I have a beautiful Loki from them. And they had a Constantine, and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm getting that. Yeah. They had so, a new Punisher based on the Netflix series. Jessica Jones. Yeah. And, yeah, so I can't even remember all the ones that I got. There was a Shazam but, one too, right? Or was I wrong? No. Well, there was not. There was not. There was a, um, uh, there, I've got Doctor Strange. Right. And there was one other one somewhere. I can't remember. I was looking at it. No, I think we got them all. Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Jessica Jones. Or did you get the Jessica Jones? Yes, I got the Jessica Jones, the Punisher, and the Constantine. Yeah, so that's the five. Yeah, that's the five. So those are all just 
glorious. Mm-hmm. And then there was another place that we stopped. They were actually doing, you know, give in a donation of any amount and get a free print. And all of this artwork was done by people um, who have some sort of disability. And all of the money went to, you know, local hospitals and such that, yeah. that help these people. Mm-hmm. And, well, help people in general, but especially young people. Like, one of them was a kid who got hit in the head with a, a with water a jet, ski, yeah, jet ski. a jet ski, when he was, like, 11, and there was another one, and they 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 create this art, and they help others, other kids like them, create art, and give art to other people, you know, who are struggling. Yes. And so I'm like, here, uh, just please take the money. And they had a Shazam print. They said, like, donate anything, get a free print. And it's wonderfully done. Yes. Uh, very bold color, and it seems like it's a lot of it's done possibly in crayon. Oh, uh, yeah, and I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And the Shazam is just, he's huge, he's got a goofy grin, he's got the lightning bolt thing going on. Yep. It's just great looking. I love it. I love it. Soap guy. Soap guy. Oh my god, the soap guy. I've got his card in here, so I can't remember his name off the top of my head. What a jolly fellow he was. Yeah, he makes uh, handmade soap with uh, that's geek-themed with very his smells. One included motor oil. Mm-hmm. So he'd have kind of a grease monkey smell. I think that might have even been what it was called or something like that. Yeah, uh, there was, they were all themed, and they were all geeky, and... They were all wonderful, and we got some of those because I love handmade soap. Yeah, I got one based on the Sherlock series, the BBC Sherlock series. Yes, it's called 221B. Yeah, and then I got one called Ambition that's made for Slytherins, and it has a watery scent. And Oh, it smells so good. Uh Uh-huh. And then I got one that was Romulan Ale. Has a bubbly effervescent? Effervescent. Effervescent quality to it. And I can't remember the other one that I got. It's in the backseat. Whoa, going to a full stop here. Yeah, welcome to the commute at this time of day. God, no wonder you get angry when you come home. Mm-hmm. You're like, stress it's, for it's driving. It's worse on the freeway. Trust me, it's yeah. way worse on the freeway. People are way more careless on the freeway. Yeah, we're taking what's sometimes colloquially known as the old mountain road. Yes, yes indeed. Because it goes up the mountain. Well, it, it literally does. And in some places, like in South Weber, it goes through the mountain. Because mm-hmm. there's mountain on both sides. Yeah, you go so. through a kind of a canyon area. Yeah. It's like when you're driving to Morgan. Kind of. So, um, yeah, I can't remember what the other scent was that I loved that I got for me, but we split, they were four for 25. And so, uh, you got two and I got two. And yeah. And he was so excited to tell us what was in each of his soaps. Yes. Uh, and I loved that. It was it was the one, the other one that I got, and I can't remember what the pun was for it, but it was coconut and white pepper. Interesting. That's very much you. Yeah. Well, you smelled it, and you liked the smell of yeah, it. Yeah, which is weird, because usually I don't go for coconut. Well, it didn't smell heavily of coconut, though. Yeah. That was the thing, is that the white pepper tempered it and just made this combination. Oh, it was so good. Anyway. Oh, 8-Bit Heroes was there. 
Yes, 8-Bit Heroes. I love me some 8-Bit Heroes. Uh, some pixel art, vinyl stickers that you can slap on your car or your phone or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they had a few new ones of those as well. Yep. The Journal Place. The Journal Place. Oh, yeah. Um, this lady takes uh, comic books and uses their cover to lock her up like a hard cover for a personal journal. And then she'll put in some blank pages for you, you know, some nice heavy stock pages. And in, in, in the actual pages of the comic are still in the middle of the journal. Yeah, so you have the comic book plus this journal where you can write your own personal entries or if you're a sketch artist, you can do sketches and illustrations in there. Yeah, and uh, it was beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous. And they're not, it's not all comic books. They actually started doing it by taking actual books. Yeah, Where the Wild Things Are was one of them. There's The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. There's some Hardy Boys stuff in there. Yeah series of unfortunate events various and sundry things like that but then they started doing comic books uh-huh. and oh they are glorious yeah there's a really cool metallic cover Catwoman. oh it was is gorgeous and to lacquer up that cover and put it on a hardback like that well, it really makes it shine and the thing i don't think you were around when she was telling me this but she was saying that what they've done with you know, the comic book covers is they've actually taken old board game boards uh-huh. and used those to make the front and back covers. Yeah, nice. And the one that's one of the ones that I was looking at, she said, Yeah, this used to be Candyland on the <laughs> other side. Nice. And I was just, oh. I think they call that upcycling. Yeah. When you're not actually recycling it, you're just turning one thing into another thing. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, they had a couple of, I think you call it reticular, when it's like a 3D, or a cover that changes yes. between, by how you look at it. Mm-hmm. They had like a Venom one of those, I think they had a Spider-Man one of those, and that really worked well with being lacquered over like that. Yes. And I have a nice seal on it. Indeed. Yeah, so... I loved that place. Yeah, we really made the rounds, and uh, picked up some cool items i'm trying to think oh yeah uh the novelist did we yes, talk about jonathan that jonathan mayberry yeah okay so a while back for reasons still unbeknownst to me jonathan mayberry started following me on twitter it may be because of star trek i am not sure uh-huh. i haven't i didn't ask him because he may not even remember why he did right but when I heard he was announced for Fan Eggs, I actually, you know, tweeted at him. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to be there. And he's like, you should come by. And, uh, you know, when he, and he actually really loves Fan Eggs. He loves coming to Fan Eggs. It's one of his favorites. Cool. And so uh, I was excited to meet him. We found him with absolutely no trouble. Yeah. In fact, we, it was very easy to find pretty much everything that I wanted to do. And so I got to talk with him for a while, and he is extremely inspirational, um, because he's just a really cool dude. Yeah, he's like, do you write? It's like, not really. Well, I write for myself. Well, you're still writing. You're putting pen to paper. <laughs> well, well what, I, what I said is, are you a writer? And I said, I wouldn't call myself that. And he says, do you write words down on paper? Yeah. And I said, yes. And he says, well, then you're a writer. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> Even if you're just writing for yourself, you're still a writer. And and I admitted that I've had this problem where I have felt like I have no ideas. And he, he gave me his card and he says, email me, ask me about the writing book so that I can give you all of that information because there are exercises and, and things in there that will get those ideas going again. Right. And that was just so kind. He actually uses it for every book that he writes. He goes through the, he buys a new copy of this book and he goes through the exercises while he's writing this book. Ah. And so he has like, you know, 35 copies of this book on a shelf because each one represents a different book he's written. Wow, that's crazy. It is crazy and it's wonderful. And he said that there are also a lot of other resources on his website that, you know, are free things to download. Exercises that you can do, you know, things to help you understand structure, etc. Nice. And just, I'm just like, God, you're so cool. <laughs> Was he talk about Sony possibly optioning one of his stories as well? Oh, it has been optioned, but now it's whether they are actually going to do it. They ah. have a limit on how long they can hold the option. Right. And not make it. So if they don't make it within a certain amount of time, there's already another company that has optioned another of his books. Wow. That is ready to jump on it immediately. That is super cool. So whatever it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be made into something at some point uh, by whether it's by Sony or this other company that I can't remember the name of. Yeah. And he also did a Punisher series. Oh, cool. So, which I did buy digitally. Nice. <laughs> and I just really like his writing style because he's got this series about a guy named Joe Ledger who, it, it sounds like, oh, well, it's another Jack Reacher. It's another this or another that. No, it is not. No, it is not. Because I was really kind of worried going into it that, oh, is this going to be some typical kick-ass guy again? Oh, hell no. No, this guy got feelings. Ain't afraid to express them. And he's not just smart. He's, he is a badass. But he's not an unbelievable one. He's just... And everything that he writes about is, you know, just on the edge of could possibly happen. <laughs> I mean, like, the first book was actually Zombies. Right. It seems like he's cross-genre writer as Definitely. well. Big time. And he's, he's done so many other things. And I did end up buying one of his books because it's one that I haven't read yet and he said this is my this was my absolute favorite one to write and I'm like well then I'm gonna buy that mm -hmm. and he and he signed it for me and everything nice and I just and when I told him you know I hey I'm Brandywine 12 from Twitter he knew who I was uh -huh. told me I was taller in person that made me laugh yes um but that was just a wonderful experience he's taller in person I wasn't even expecting him to be like six and a half feet tall um, exactly which is, but he was just so cool. It was just really wonderful to have that experience, too. Yeah, it's been a very positive day all in all. Really, really has. Yeah, met some great celebs, spoke with the cool author, and managed to speak with some artists and vendors and look at their stuff and grab some cool things. Oh, Godzilla minis. Oh, my God, yes, Lego Godzillas. Yeah, this guy had... Uh, Six different Godzilla 
minifigures, Lego style. And I bought them all. Yeah, custom, very cool. Yeah. So I love yeah. Godzilla, guys. And I think so that's much. it all together, right? I don't, can't think of anything we're forgetting to talk oh, about. Oh, the Shazam plaque. <laughs> oh, the Shazam plaque that we were going to get, then didn't get, then got. Yes. Yes, it was like 25 bucks, and I can't believe that it was 25 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's one of these uh, plaques that have an ins- inscription on them, like a little uh, metal, uh, I guess inscription is what you call yeah. it, engraving? engraving? Engraving. And you can put in the signed photo, so you'll have that to put in later. Yeah, but I'm not going to have him sign that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I didn't get in, get don't that you, for him to sign. I got it because I wanted it. Don't you already have a signed photo of his? Yes, I do. And you could put that in there? I could. Okay. But I'm pretty sure the plaque says Shazam. Yes, anyway. That's true, because then it would be Zachary Levi not being Shazam, so that would be weird. It's okay. I, I have to look at it again. It's been in my bag for the rest of the day. Right. Um, but yeah, because uh, I... I brought my Shazam graphic novel, new 52 graphic novel, for to with, be signed, which Asher Angel has signed, and now I'm going to have Zachary Levi sign it. And this is the variant cover that has the That has poster. Zachary Levi, yeah. yeah. Because I already have it, but I had to buy it with the new cover because Zachary Levi, guys. Yep. He's the top guy whom I'm going to see tomorrow. Yes, again. But he's, <laughs> he's not doing the hug thing. Nope. He's not doing the Operation Smile hug thing. And I'm not sure if it's because this he, the management team won't let him or yeah. what's going on there. Yeah. Because um, I don't think that was necessarily his decision. I think it may be something having to do with Warner Brothers. I don't know. It might be something contractual about physical contact or some weird thing like that. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it wasn't a problem the last couple of times. Yeah, but then he wasn't Shazam then. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm thinking that it wasn't his choice to omit that. I'm hoping that he's still going to do the selfies. Right. It will be okay if he doesn't. It, uh, either way, I get to talk to him again. And I've got to write down all the stuff that I'm going to say to him. I wrote down part of it, and then I forgot. and I Because I was so freaked out trying to get all my discovery notes together. Right. And so, yeah. Uh, long and short of it is... going to meet Zachary Levi tomorrow. And Clark Gregg! Yeah. Super and excited for that! So we'll have more news for you after then. So that's it for now. Bye. Bye. The Dice Girls may not know what we're doing, but we're sure having a lot of fun doing it. Do my bagpipes have like attack damage? (laughs) If I take out my bow, (laughs) could I miss and hit Trigus? If you roll bad enough. (laughs) Have we been able to see the whole time? (laughs) You have dark vision. Surprise. What ho, ugly creature? Don't don't mind him. Everyone's dying around me, but I can't hit anything. Are you guys going to be okay? Honestly, I think the answer to that is always no. (laughs) Who are you? some riffraff. <laughs> <laughs> Not anything particularly special. <laughs> we are the Dice Girls. <laughs> Find us wherever you get your podcasts. I rolled a four. We're gonna mm-hmm. die. Okay, just briefly, this is the start of day two. Yes, it is. 
we're en route to the convention center. But first we have to stop off and get some money because I am buying a second Zachary Levi autograph for a friend in Australia. Aha! Because I can. Because you can. Yes. So his best friend is turning 21 and Chuck is his favorite show. And so I'm gonna get him an autograph picture. Because he's basically, this this guy is basically Chuck. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's like, I want to be like Chuck when I grow up, and so he is. <laughs> cool. Yes. So uh, I, I told him I would get that, and he, of course, said he would pay for it and for the postage to get it to him. And I'm like, he's like, well, I'm worried about your time. And I'm like, honey, no, I'm going to already be there for me. Yes. It is not going to take extra time. Exactly. I'm happy to do it. Happy to spread the love of Levi. The love of Levi. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the one autograph thing. Well, there's two. There's Clark Gregg too. Yes. And then there's the panel. And that pretty much is it for us, other than Garrett Wong's panel as well that we're going to attend first. Yes. So you'll hear more about that when we're returning home after day two. So until then, bye. Bye. You're traveling through another dimension. On March 23rd, 2014, this happened. So I think for us, I'll leave it there. That'll be the end of our discussion about to stop at Willoughby. But I'm afraid that when that train pulls into Willoughby Station this time, Gart Williams won't be the only one getting off. So I'm sad to say that this will be my final Twilight Zone podcast. But what if it didn't? So that was a stop at Willoughby, and next time on the Twilight Zone podcast... I'm going to be covering an episode by a new Twilight Zone writer, and it's called The Chaser. Join me, Tom Elliott, for a year-long Twilight Zone podcast event, where I take you to another dimension where I never left the Twilight Zone podcast back in 2014. Featuring, presented by me, brand new Twilight Zone podcast episodes on The Chaser, A Passage for Trumpet, Mr. Beavis, the After Hours, The Mighty Casey, A World of His Own, King Nine Will Not Return, and any other avenues that come up during that run. Starting in January 2019, there'll be a new episode of the Twilight Zone podcast, Another Dimension, for $3 and above patrons only at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you only support the Twilight Zone podcast for one year on Patreon, make it this one. Mind if we take um, 89 home? No, I do not mind if we take 89 home. Okay. <laughs> As you can tell, we're going home from day two. Uh, not much to talk about today as we got trapped in a line for a good portion of it. A line that we didn't need to be trapped in, but didn't know that. Yeah, we just 
at the end of it all, I barely found out that with Brandy being a panelist, that grants her VIP status even greater than VIP status, because if you are a special guest, you're put in front of the VIPs, as in like the ADA type line. Yep. So, uh, that's good to know, and uh, it's certainly encouragement to do panels in the future. No kidding. I would love to do another panel. It's like, oh, I get to be on a panel and I get VIP treatment? Yeah, that would have come really in handy around 11.30 this morning. Yeah, because we lost about four to five hours. Four hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, waiting for Zachary Levi because of poor line management. And also because of poor schedule management. Indeed. They did not give him enough time for autographs. No, it's like, oh, you're going to be in the panel. Go do autographs. Go do a photo shoot. Go do photo ops for three hours. Yep. It's like, why not after the panel go to the photo ops, then do autographs for the rest of the day? Yeah. It um, It was frustrating at best, and so... Those of us that didn't get in earlier were basically rushed through our experience. And that's okay, because that means other people got to have the experience as well. Right. But it was still kind of frustrating. Uh, We did not go to the Zachary Levi uh, panel because we went to see the Garrett Wong panel, and that was a delight. It was fabulous. I had no idea he was that level of end impressionist and impersonator because mm-hmm. uh, he does all kinds of voices he does a dead on George Takei Robert Picardo oh his Picardo is so great his uh, his imitation of the doctor from Voyager fabulous his Janeway cracks me yes. up yeah he is an absolute delight so much fun to listen to Great stories. Absolutely great. As a story for just about any occasion. Often about him being at some kind of award ceremony. Yeah. There were a lot of award ceremonies for Asian American actors. And, uh, yeah, he told a story about seeing Daniel Day Kim and talking to him and congratulating him about, you know, his success being on Lost. And he's like, dude, you paved the way. Yep. You know, because... Garrett Wong was the first series regular Asian on television that wasn't subservient to a white person. Oh, yeah, that's what he was talking about, George Takei, huh? Because during Star Trek, they were still having, like, gun smoke and stuff, weren't they? Or something like that? Or Bonanza, was it? Yeah. Where he's talking about how this family had this Asian servant and he'd be placating and all that. Yeah. And that's... He grew up watching George Takei without an accent, yeah. being an Asian on television, doing something other than just being Asian. Yeah. Ooh, lightning. We just saw lightning. And that was groundbreaking for the 60s. Sadly, it was still groundbreaking in the 90s. Yeah. Exactly. And Garrett uh, Wong's a fan of science fiction anyway. He mm-hmm. grew up watching Star Wars. He was, what, eight when he saw the first Star Wars, did he say? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so he's a fan of uh, science fiction, watched anything science fiction after Star Wars, which would include Star Trek. Mm -hmm. 
Jones and fell in love with uh, George Takei, who he's met on several occasions. He did George Takei in front of George Takei. Yes. And George Takei loved it. Was laughing. So his panel was a delight. I'm glad we went to see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, it was go get autographs time, and that chewed up most of our day. I did run off to get us some pretzels. Which kept us alive. Yeah, buttery, starchy pretzels. Oh, yes. So good. Yeah, we're just barely getting hungry again. <laughs> well, I've been I've been hungry. I mean, I could, I could have eaten before the panel. Right. But I didn't feel like I needed to. Uh-huh. And that is abnormal for me. Yes. It's abnormal. Yes. So, um, terrible brain. Um, but that, that pretzel, for some reason, just kept me going, and I didn't need a glucose tablet or anything else. I also haven't peed since shortly after having that pretzel. Yeah. That's also really crazy. I did do a lot of sweating. Hey, it's Fry Me to the Moon again! Yay! It's Fry Me to the Moon! Uh, mill truck that we passed coming down on the first day. Yeah! That's crazy! Uh, me to the moon. It's amazing how quickly you can get from one place to the other if you're alone. Yes. You can just start in and out of people. Book it. Because mm-hmm. I was away, took a potty break, got pretzels, came back, and it was like no time. Yep. I just zoomed. Yeah, that was me. Well, when I went over and found out when Clark Gregg was coming back and I have my paper for my prepaid autograph and they're like, oh, we don't have a QR scanner. You've got to go over to the autograph redemption booth. Oh. And I'm like, what? And it was on the other side of Mike Coulter. Ah. Luke Cage, which was basically right at the beginning of Celebrity Row. Right. And I just... I just booked it over there, darting in and out of people, saying excuse me every other second. You know, I was not rude. And I made it over there. There was no line. I handed him my paper. He handed me a card after scanning my QR code. And I went back and got in line for my Clark Gregg autograph. Now, here's the funny thing. So, we were still waiting for Zachary Levi to come back. He was expected at around 4.30. Clark Gregg was expected back around 4.30. Problem was, Clark Gregg was gone at 5. Aha, uh-huh. you only had that 30-minute window to get an autograph. Yes. And so I was really freaked out. And the lovely people had told me, because uh, one of them, the one, one of the guys that had told me, oh, no, you're, you're basically above VIP status when you have that badge. And somebody else in all of those other lines should have seen that and moved you to the front of the line. Wow. And I said, nobody told me that. Because there was nothing in the email about it. There was nothing in the uh, information that I was given when I checked in as a panelist. Nothing. Nothing. Anywhere. So that was demoralizing. Yeah, because we could have spent the other four hours, more lightning, just going around the convention floor or whatever. Yeah, well, we could have gotten through that initial line after Zachary Levi's panel. Oh, yeah. We could have gotten through and gotten our autograph and been done with that. And then come back for Clark Gregg later. Because Clark Gregg was in um, photo ops while Zachary Levi was signing. So, 
I was over there waiting, and that's when Zachary Levi came back. And that same lovely young man had said to me, if you have to go back over there, just go. Leave your picture here. We'll save it. I'll get you back in at the front of the line when you're done. Which is exactly what happened. Yes. Because Zachary Levi came uh, earlier than expected, and he had to really rush through it to see everybody. Yeah, and he wanted to see everybody. I know he did. I know he didn't want to disappoint any single person in line. I know he did. And I wish I'd gotten to tell him all the things that I wanted to tell him, and I didn't. Well, he got a few things out. I got I got the most important things out, I think. Um, so, but yeah, he is a remarkable, fantastic, amazing human being, and I got to touch him again. Yep. So... I was super happy about that, and I really like our picture together, our selfie. Yes. Totally worth it for me. <laughs> also got an autograph for somebody else. We talked about that earlier, I think. Yep, we did. Yes. Okay. And uh, got that sorted out, so I was really super happy about that. And uh, got to meet Clark Gregg right after that, and told him how much I enjoyed him, how much I'd loved him since the first Iron Man movie and loved every appearance he's made since then and he said you are my favorite human being (laughs) indeed it was a delight to see him it it was an absolute delight to be in his presence so that was you know I really enjoyed that I just every single celebrity interaction we've had with actual interaction Uh has been fantastic you know Maybe not necessarily the level that I wanted with Zachary Levi, but I understand why. Yeah, and you've been and able I don't to meet him Jack. previously too. So I know, yeah. but I never, I hadn't seen She Loves Me the last two times I met him. Yeah. So I had to tell him about She Loves Me, and he argued with me over whether he deserved the Tony Award for that. I was arguing in favor of it, and he was saying, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, I'll tell you why you deserved it. And he's like, no, i got to get through all the rest of these people. I'm like, just let me, just, it's one sentence. (laughs) It was the most adorable argument. It was, I loved it. It was just fabulous. And after that, it was off to kind of prep for the panel, which actually just became more about just visiting. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And it was funny because it wasn't too long after we sat down that Zachary and Haley showed up in the same area Uh with the same idea. So we were all on the same wavelength, which was good. Yeah. And uh, and we had our panel. Yeah, it was a very interactive panel. I do have audio of it, but you guys uh, recorded it for Trek FM as well. Yeah, we'll see how it turned out. Yeah, so there's a possibility it might show up in the Trek FM feed. Uh, it depends also how mine turned out because I originally was going to sit next to a speaker and then you wanted me to be more like directly in front of you guys and I think it still would have picked up the sound okay especially because it did end up being a very interactive panel there was a lot of discussion with the audience very immediate discussion which I think is what set this panel apart from other things Especially podcasts or even live podcasts where there's a chat, where there's a delay. Mm-hmm. But being immediately there in front of a live audience, you've got to discuss things with the audience about what they liked. And they could comment or ask questions. 
I brought up the whole anime thing that uh, Star Trek Discovery, especially the second season, has a lot of anime influences in it, especially with the Red Angel design. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what was that uh, role-playing game with the the robot girl? I think she had wings that came out. I don't remember. But um, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember um, the name of it. I can't remember it either. I still have it. Yeah. I have it at home. But I yeah, remember. it reminded me of that kind of design. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good panel. There were tears. There was talks of tears. Yep. And uh, guess who the tears came from, guys? Yeah, really. Yeah. I enjoyed the panel very much, and it seemed like the the folks that attended the panel did as well. You did, discussed a lot about Discovery, and its comparisons to other series, and what's good about Discovery, what might be bad about Discovery, depending on what you want out of a television series. Yeah, and you know, it, it's it's not uh, Zachary Freeling's favorite, and that's fine. Yep. And I get it. He wants, you know, single type bottle type episodes that he are wants, about he wants strange one new topic. worlds. Yeah, yeah, strange new worlds and new civilizations. He wants philosophical issues addressed and in a very and stuff like, like that. Yeah, upfront way as Next Generation would often, but that's not what Discovery is. Discovery is, by its very name, a discovery. It's about finding out stuff about mostly yourself as as a crew member. Yeah, well, and that's the thing I think that I love about Discovery, is that people are flawed, even in the 24th century. Yeah. Or 23rd century. Or, yeah, it's 23rd century, excuse me. Uh, people aren't perfect, no matter what kind of utopia you set up for yourself in the future, you know, fictional utopia. Um, nobody's perfect. And that's why it's, it, organizations like Section 31 exist. And a lot of people are just like, well, that's not, you know, that's not Starfleet. That's not the Federation. I'm like, if you think that there is any civilization up to this point in time in our in our reality that doesn't have an organization like that, haha. There's cop lights up ahead. Yes, I can see that. Um... There's um, a criticism to some stories that they're more like fables, that your character is unchanged at the end. Mm. They start this way, they end this way, and that's the way a lot of Star Trek series are. That Picard's the same person he was at the start of the series as he is at the end. I mean, you could argue against that because there's the whole Locutus thing and Mm -hmm. what have you. But for the most part, is the big replay button that they talk about, especially with Voyager. You know, Voyager should be this lost in space, done Star Trek style, but they kept resetting and anything that was wrong with the ship gets fixed the very next episode. That's not the case with Discovery. Discovery is a novel. Yes. How you start Discovery is not how you end. That all the characters have these major changes throughout the story in both seasons. You know, they start at this position and they end up somewhere else. And I think that's what makes Discovery unique, and I could see people kind of rubbing against that 
oddly, because that's not what they expect or want from a Star Trek series, but I think it's something that is exciting to get from a Star Trek series. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also feel that, for me, yes, I like the adventure, I like the Strange New Worlds, I like all of those things, but those things are secondary to story and to character. And oh my god, does Discovery have a lot of story and character. Yeah, there's people complaining about the first part of the two-parter. I love that, that. Because that's what I would be doing if I were about to go on a mission where I believed I was not going to come back, that I was either going to die or be in another time period. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> that is exactly what I would be doing. And it gave us insights into every single one of those characters. And I think another thing that Discovery seems to be lifting from is the Mass Effect series of video games, but done in a way I like. Exactly. Because <laughs> I didn't actually like the Mass Effect series. Agreed. I thought there was way too many changes between the games, and at one point your character is not your character anymore. It really isn't, yeah. Um, but there's just these... I mean, just the way it's filmed itself with with the little uh, lens flares. I know that's a Kelvin Universe 2 thing, but it's something I really noticed in uh, Mass Effect is lens flares everywhere to give that sci-fi vibe. But even their environmental suits, you know, their evac suits or whatever, have this kind of Mass Effect vibe to them. Some of their tech does. Mm-hmm. The design of the ship kind of does. And also, when they were saying their goodbyes was very much like the end scenes, you know, just before the end of Mass Effect 3, where you say goodbye to all the characters in your party. Yep. And, yeah, that goes on and on and on, and I found it annoying in Mass Effect because it wasn't as invested, but when you're invested in the television series, it's actually quite touching to see these characters emote, you know, and and reach out to their family. Yeah. Well, and even from the original series, Star Trek was still always about the story and the characters for me. Because they were using science fiction to tell tales about ethics and morality, much like the Twilight Zone had done. Uh-huh. And so, for me, it was never about the aliens or the different planets or anything like that, which I love that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying is those were fringe benefits. It was never about that for me. Yes. All I wanted to to do was be invested in the characters. And that's why a lot of the characters always kind of felt a little distant to me. Right. But with Discovery, they are so real and so there and so in the face in the best way. And it's a super diverse cast and there's bound to be somebody you identify with. Yeah. I'm like, Stamets, I kind of get Stamets. (laughs) I kind of understand where he's coming from, where he's you know, this research scientist that got pulled aside for this combat mission and having him, you know, have a problem with authority. It's it's very interesting how each of the character is, is treated. And with the second series, you get to see even more about some of these side characters. And I think with season three, maybe we'll get to see 
some of these uh, male characters that they haven't really addressed yet. I mean, there's a couple of people on the bridge that we really don't know that much about, but I look forward to seeing about them, too. Yeah, we don't know much about Bryce or Reese. Yeah. Yeah, we got to know more about Detmer and Awoshikun this season, which I, think, I loved. Yeah. Pike says of, what, Bryce and Reese? Mm-hmm. That they're both very calm under pressure. And that's, like, the one thing that's been pointed out about them as characters. Yes. And other than that, we don't know much at all. Uh, do you want to end there, or is there anything else you want to say, darling? Um, I just... It's been a crazy couple of days, and my brain is so full of things. And I am so glad that I had the experiences that I did. Yes, it's been a good con, even with the uh, line issue, that I think we got so much done on day one that day two we could have issues like that and still get by. Yes. So, um, and it was also fun talking about Discovery because you being you know, a Discovery podcaster, we don't generally talk about Discovery on the Dark Corner. We don't, so but it was we kinda, could. Yeah, it was kind of fun to to talk about that here instead of, you know, say, if you want to hear our thoughts you know, or Brandy's thoughts, you could go to Live from the Edge. But since that's on a hiatus now. Well, you can still go back and watch the live episodes on YouTube. Oh, yeah. The live episodes are on YouTube if you want to see more of Brandy. <laughs> yeah. And it's... And Bruce. Uh, and Bruce. And our uh, variety of guest hosts, which... Yep. It's just been marvelous. It it's. I'm not ready to let season two go. I no. may never be ready to let season two oh, go. Oh no! I'm going to revisit it a lot because I just need it. Yeah. I just need well, it. especially to have uh, Spock and, and Pike. Yeah. And a little bit of number one. Yeah, not a enough. Taste of number one. Not enough. And sometimes number one not being as the character should be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. There's some issues there. So, yeah, with that, I think we're going to close out, and I'll get you a dark track to end I haven't decided on yet, and that's probably the, the next thing you'll hear. Yeah. Bye! Bye! I promised you a dark track of the week, and I'm not lying. This one comes from The Slim P, which is a gothic, more in the vein of French Cold Wave, similar to Susan the Imagis. Band from Cologne in Germany, The Slim P has a very signature sound because of their rather singular use of two bass guitars, which adds a level of doom and gloom and solemnity unlike other bands of their ilk. A lot of their songs also feature both male and female vocals in a kind of double duty fashion. The song I've chosen for you to play out this comics convention special is Lines because we spent some time standing in them. It's melancholic it builds gradually, has some nice haunting guitar strains, and in general is rather bittersweet, as one is emotionally after having left a comics convention. 
at once you're tired and weary and yet still in this vein of thought where you'd like to continue to go to the convention and see more things and go to more events. It is a weird state of affairs where you're drawn between just wanting to go home and be at rest as opposed to experiencing more fun and I think this song captures that feeling. So with that, here's the Slim P with Lines.
Days we were.